Welcome to the iConnect with Baxter Canada podcast. This is where we connect with healthcare providers from various clinical settings to learn more about how they are leading through innovation, protocol development, and integration of evidence to provide excellent clinical care to their patients. Join the conversation with your hosts from Medical Affairs at Baxter Canada. everyone. Welcome to this episode of I Connect with Baxter Canada podcast. My name is Michelle DeGloria. I am a registered nurse and medical science liaison supporting the medication delivery team at Baxter Canada, and I will be your host for this episode. As always, our goal is to bring you interesting and relevant topics that influence your day-to-day practice as a clinician. I'm excited to welcome Dustin Reeves from Transform Shared Service in Southwestern Ontario. Thank you for listening. So today I'm joined with Dustin Reeves, and I want to welcome him and thank him for joining us. And I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, Dustin, and tell us a little bit about your current role and your experience. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me today. Uh, My name is Dustin Reeves. I am a clinical informatics specialist with Transform Shared Service Organization. Previously, uh, I am am a nurse. I guess I'm still currently a nurse, um, but my background is in nursing. Um, currently, I work for Transform. We just went through a, uh, an entire uh, um, clinical transformation project with our Evol project, where we uh, implemented Cerner uh, Millennium at four different sites, and it's one regional instance. So it's the same instance uh, of the EHR being used at all four sites, uh, which is you know one of the first in Ontario. Um, in addition to that, um, I work with, uh, more specifically, I work with device integration for the site. So we were able to integrate, you know, things such as Baxter infusion pumps, uh, physio monitors, uh, hemodialysis machine, machines, pretty much uh, almost everything under the sun in terms of, uh, of technology or medical device, bedside medical devices. Um, I currently <clears throat> work in my daily role. Uh, I'm constantly looking at data, uh, assessing, you know, areas of improvement for our region, especially with this new EHR, uh, things like that. Um, I still use my vast nursing knowledge uh, because being a clinical informaticist, uh, I still dabble into, you know, obviously workflows, things like that. Uh, So that's where my clinical expertise comes into play. And it's very helpful, uh, especially when relating to, you know, clinician experience with the system and, and things like that. So tell me a little bit, I'm very intrigued by the comment you made about the fact that the work that you've done in this area is very unique because you've been able to bring four organizations together. Can you explain a little bit more about that to me? So understanding from um, efficiency standpoint, what does that mean and what does that mean as far as standardization? Uh, So in terms of bringing four sites together in one instance of uh, Cerner Millennium, we're, we're able to actually, you know, create standardization, um, especially the way the system's used. If you go to one site, if I'm going from, uh, you know, Chatham, Ontario, and I'm coming to Windsor, Ontario, the system's going to look the same. Um, the processes uh, should, you know, generally are the same. Um, documentation pieces are going to be standardized. They're going to be looking the same as well. Um, so I think, you know, from that point of getting uh, one regional instance at four different organizations is we're really working towards that end goal of standardizing care. If I come in with, you know, CHF, congestive heart failure, one hospital, 
um, you know, documentation should look the same no matter where I go in Ontario. And that's kind of what we're kind of working towards here. Um, in addition to that, um, from a device integration side, we're able to integrate, you know, all different sites, standardize that at all sites. So if I go to one site, I could, you know, in the Fusion, if I'm pulling in data from the Fusion pumps, it looks the same as if I'm pulling in the data from the Fusion pumps uh, in Chatham as it does in Windsor. Um, so that standardization key piece is, is huge when we're talking about this regionalization of, of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and you know, it was challenge. The challenges were with that were, you know, four different hospitals with, you know, four different processes, right. four different with different ways of doing things. So it really was uh, what worked great is, you know, we have uh, subject matter experts from each region, uh, each area, in, sorry, in the hospital. We'd all come together at the same table and we, we reach compromises and we, you know, drive what our changes were, were really with best practice and what's what's going on out there. Right. So, you know, what's drives our changes now and what really helped us with standardization was looking at that best practice, looking at the data and research, what is the standard out there and what should we be doing as a region? You know, some of them may be already doing it. Some maybe they were kind of doing their own, you know, iteration of it. Right. Um, so it really brought us together and really made us into one, you know, encapsulate into one system, one standardization and one way of doing things, which I think is really the end goal of healthcare in, in Ontario. Well, and when I think from a human resources standpoint, that that sounds like a much better way to ensure, to your point, that if I work in multiple sites, it's consistent and offers a standardized approach that is, again, based on evidence, which is, I think, as clinicians, something that we all want. We want to do the right thing and we want to make sure that we're doing it in accordance to what is best practice. So that's amazing. And I would think from an efficiency standpoint with you being part of the transform group and sort of overseeing all of this, that really eliminates the need to have on-site individual experts at multiple organizations. Would that be correct? Yeah, it, it is a blend. Um, we have, you know, our experts on the site. So we do all, we contain mostly all the build and everything like that uh, from a system standpoint. Um, that's our informatics, but we do have some experts informatics at, at the sites too that assist with, you know, uh, certain workflow training, things like that. So it really is, you know, when we look at our kind of our model, it's really what we're trying to drive for now is that collaboration piece mm-hmm. where we're not so much providing services, but we're all working together in unison because, you know, we're all publicly funded healthcare in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Why not? We, we all working together as one single team. Uh, why do we have to fight each other when we are just providing, you know, care to uh, the same patient population who all deserves a great, you know, great care uh, and they want to be safe in the hospital. So uh, there is two pieces, you know, like I said, it's it's us who are drives the changes and we do a lot of changes things well, but then there's 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 experts on site too uh, that, you know, that we go to for site specific data, things like that. Um, just because sometimes we don't have all our eyes and ears on this on every site or, Right. Sorry, on, on site every day. Um, so we really do rely on those experts at the each, each site. That sounds like a really nice blend of, um, to your point, localized expertise who can handle some of the day-to-day things and then an overall uh, larger collaborative group. Um, sounds amazing. I want to go back to what some of the comments you made around the integration of medical devices. And overall, I'd like to hear more about your experience um, integrating medical devices and what the response has been from the frontline clinical staff who are ultimately responsible for operating not only the medical device, but ensuring that any care is documented accurately. From our experience so far and looking at the data, you know, medical device integration has been accepted 
pretty well overall. Um, the, the difficult instance in the beginning was not so much the workflow because the workflow made sense to the clinician. It was really more the techno technological side of how we're going to connect these, these pieces to the EHR, whether it be the infusion pumps, um, whether it be physio monitors, things like that. Cause a lot of them have their own proprietary networks or do we go through something that we, that's, you know, owned by proprietary to the EHR vendor. And then it's kind of acts like a middleware. And then we run through that. Um, so the technical piece was a big part. Um, and then, but in addition to that, I go back to that standardization piece, because all, you know, generally all the, the vendors we use in this region are all the same and, you know, all the data we collect are the same as well. So we were able to standardize what's collected from each monitor at each site. Uh, maybe some sites do some very specific things such as collection like intracranial pressure, things like that, which are one offs, um, which we changed that, you know, you know, did that build at the sites. But other than that, we were able to standardize what's collected at each site, which is which is fantastic. Um, overall, you know, the acceptance of it, like I said, it's been great. Um, it, it really is that automation piece, which I think automation is huge in healthcare because it really allows the clinician to spend more time with the patient. The clinician, all they have to do is double click or click one spot and they can pull in uh, mass amounts of data from, from the, whatever device they're pulling in. And not only are they pulling in mass amounts of data, but they're pulling in accurate data, you know, data accurately collected on that device and being pulled in, you know, it really eliminates that human error piece. Um, and that manual, uh, manual, um, manual piece by the clinician as well, which is can be very time consuming, uh, especially from infusion pump method. Mm -hmm. In uh, titrating uh, levofed, uh, you know, sometimes that could be Q one minute. I, I am changing my titration. You know, what the action infusion pumps allow us to do is we are able to do that all the pump, not worry about it, and it automatically flows into our chart, and then we could go back and accept the values we want to accept at, uh, at whatever interval, time interval we want to accept it at, and it's and it's highly accurate. So it saves clinician time, um, more face-to-face -face time with the patient, which is fantastic, uh, and that real accuracy piece. So with the blend of those, the clinicians have, you know, they've they embraced it, they've accepted it, uh, and the workflows aren't daunting, they're rather simple to, to use uh, also, which is, which is integral, because if you had a complex workflow, then you're really going to have really poor buy-in for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know from uh, my previous experiences, trying to implement change, you're right, sometimes that's very difficult. And I think it's great to hear that it was, I'm sure there were a few bumps in the road at the beginning, but it sounds overall like the, the it's been well accepted by the clinicians and has probably, I would imagine, led to a few aha moments where they realize now how potentially inaccurate their documentation practices were before. And I think back to my own practice, if I had an IV that was running at, say, 100 mils an hour, I would simply put 100 every hour, add it up at the end of my 12-hour shift, they received 1,200 mils of IV fluid. And that didn't account for those times when the pump was alarming or the patient was taken off the pump to go and have a CAT scan or an MRI or whatever that might have been. Um, so I know for me that would have been a, a huge aha moment. And I would think you've probably seen similar things. Yeah, definitely. So it it's, you know, the initial um, reaction to it was kind of a shock. And they said, oh, well, you know, why do I need this? things like that. But once they use it, you know, especially to throw a specific scenario, you get a critically ill patient, maybe a trauma patient mm -hmm. coming to the ICU, you start multiple drips, uh, yes. but you associate the pumps when you start the drips. Uh, and then you come back two hours later, like, oh, I forgot to document all my titrations, all my drips. But guess what? Everything is automatically flowing into the chart because, you know, you really can, I forget what you have to do, but you could set it and forget it. Right. <laughs> really. 
and uh, it automatically flows in. And then you could go review the data that came in and you could accept what comes in. Uh, and then that automatically flows in the chart. And, you know, eyes and nose automatically populate in, in whatever EHR you're using. Um, so that's that's a that was a prime example. Obviously, the great use cases for like just your example there on a medicine unit. Patient gets up, patient you know is agitated. They're constantly getting up, pulling out their IV, things like that. That's all captured in real time rather than having the nurse having going, oh, they pulled out their IV at ten ten oh five and that restarted at ten thirty. So that's all captured in real time. So you know once they saw that in in actual you know we could train them and and teach them and, and go through training and say you know this is how it works. But once they I think they the clinician sees it and how it's used in the real world for real life examples. Um, then they see really see the benefit and they really embraced it. When you think about this, what would you say went really well? I, I would say initially the pay a clinician buy-in um, because, you know, any, like I said, I'll go back to the automation piece. Anytime you can eliminate manual steps mm-hmm. and eliminate clicks for a, a clinician, it's really going to have, you know, assist with their workflow. Uh, and especially when it's more accurate data coming in, um, you know, it's, it's, it really did go well. The, the technical piece, you know, there were some issues on that side we had to hash out. Um, but other than that, from the clinical workflow piece, uh, I think went great. The training, um, we use real clinical scenarios for the training. So if patients came in for a medicine unit, you know, we start this pump, you know, I think that's critical as well as really using those clinically relevant training scenarios when training for any kind of device integration. Um, and then, you know, if you are in ITU, what I found, what we found really worked well was uh, having multiple different, uh, having those, these dry runs or having these right. these. Um, uh, appointments set up where, you know, multiple different users are in there, where RTs are in there setting up events. So the nurse and the RT could pull in the event data and then we could set up the physio monitor and then we set up the fax and infusion pumps uh, and things like that. And maybe they need uh, CR, continuous renal replacement therapy, set up that and we could pull that data in as well. Um, so those dry runs and training and really making them clinically relevant, I think that really worked well and really helped with buy it and showed them also the, the benefits of, of using device integration. Um, because prior to this, they had nothing uh, integrated at all. So, you know, we, then we just threw all this automation yes. at them saying, here, here you go. You have, you have 10 different devices. You could just at a click of a button, pull everything in and, and it's completely accurate. So that's, uh, I mean, it's well, a- it's amazing but, to hear that it went well, because yeah. to your point, that could have either gone tremendously well or tremendously bad. So uh, kudos to you and all of the other people that were involved, because that that's an amazing accomplishment, something that we often hear a lot of from um, clinicians from coast to coast saying that this is what they want, but they really struggle with even how to possibly get there. And they're not, their roadmap is is not very straightforward and um it's yeah a big question of like oh wow where do we even begin and it sounds like you guys figured it out yep uh, i would say if you if you go with one go with all um yes. you know it's if you're going to do one integration with a medical device you, you might as well move on to the next and try it out uh and get that going just because once you get used to it it's kind of difficult especially if we're pulling in physio data but we have events patient and we don't pull that in right. you know it, it really, it's multiple different workflows. So really unifying the workflow to a single, narrow it down to a single workflow, you'll do that by integrating as many devices uh, as you can. That's what we found with, with our experience and, and it went great. So if you were to do anything differently, is there anything you would change if you had to do it all over again based on what you've learned? So 
Uh, for, for anything in terms specifically, uh, Michelle, from a device integration standpoint? Yes. or yeah. Um, not much I would change. Really from a clinical standpoint, um, I think training went great. Um, you know, having the proper job aids, I think, is integral as well. So having those assistive tools available to the clinician, especially when you go live with these devices, mm -hmm. um, is, is crucial as well. Uh, another key factor is making sure that, you know, each each site that has these devices going live, is that you have their clinical educator or clinical practice managers, you know, be the, the expert uh, in terms of, of how these, you know, to pull the data in, some troubleshooting steps, things like that. So what we provide, you know, we provide that, those uh, materials as well and references. Okay, so from a training perspective, how many hours of training was required for um, staff to be completely comfortable? And I know you mentioned job aids, and and if you could expand a little more about what, what a job aid is and what that would look like. We actually combined two training pieces into one day. It was an eight-hour session each uh, for, the, uh, for a nurse. Uh, or the clinician that will be using such as infusion management. Uh, and we addition, we tied that in together with actually a, a blood transfusion module um, offered by Cerner as well. We did the training the same day. Um, so about four to six hours uh, session for actually training for infusion management. Plus, uh, when during go live, you know, we had uh, not only Cerner experts, but our, our expertise as CIs walking around and assisting individuals as well who wanted to, you know, uh, associate their pumps, learn the workflows and things like that. Um, so in addition to that training piece, there was also that other piece as well. And like I said, it was, you know, in addition to training, not only those, but making sure that there's an expert on each unit, which would be the clinical educator or clinical practice manager who is well attuned into the workflows and maybe some troubleshooting steps, uh, to assist the end user, uh, in, in associating the device or pulling data from the device or, you know, why maybe not, maybe, uh, investigating why it's, it's not working, uh, or maybe, um, you know, another error that a ticket has to be opened up. Um, from there, sorry, what was the second part, Michelle? Uh, for the job aids, it, yep. I'm, a, I'm guessing these are like reference documents that support uh, clinicians to understand what steps are until they're fully comfortable with them. Just curious what that actually looks like. Yep, so job aid is pretty much just that. It's just a reference material, which it outlines a workflow and step-by-step -step and a step-by-step -step guide of how to actually conduct the workflow. Uh, there is text and images uh, and screenshots of the system of, of what it looks like in addition to some screenshots of what the pump looks like. So if we're trying to associate uh, a Baxter infusion pump uh, and I'm going through the workflow, I'm gonna I set up the step-by-step -step guide. I have you know my text base. I'll have an image of the pump, what it looks like. I'll have a picture of, you know, what to scan on the pump uh, so they make sure they scan the correct item to uh, QR code to actually associate the device to the patient's chart and so on and so forth. So really, it's a pretty much intricate guide of step-by-step of, -step of workflows. And there's also some troubleshooting steps in there. Um, but it's I think it's both, you know, imagery, this image um, and text-based uh, information in there. Uh, just so you know, for both types of learners, it's just provide that visual aspect of it. Um, what are the future plans for uh, future medical device integration in this area? Yep. So we're going to continue on. Um, we're going to expand out uh, some of uh, some of our. I know infusion pumps were expanded out to most three or four of our sites. Uh, we do have one site that needs to upgrade their pumps. 
in order to get them connected. So we're looking at that. Um, there are other various devices that we're looking at, such as invasive cardiac monitors, uh, bit monitors, which is you know used for anesthesia in, in the OR, uh, and getting our offsite hemodialysis integrated as well. Um, so we have a, a wide variety of items that could still be uh, integrated. Oh, in addition to ultrasounds, things like that. So, um, so there's a bunch of integration um, that we're looking at still, and I don't think will ever end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the wish list keeps growing as people start Thanks. to appreciate the value that integration brings and how much easier it sounds like it truly does make their uh, their workflow and their efficiencies and amazing. Exactly. So, you know, we had great buy-in. Uh, it's working great. So, you know, we can move forward with the next thing. What are some of the benefits that you've observed for the clinician that maybe were unexpected or some that you expected and just needed like the validation, yes, this is the right thing. The, you know, I think the, the that I will go back to the actual automation piece. Um, in the beginning, it, it, it's daunting, right? We have mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of devices to connect. Uh, and then we have to train, you know, hundreds of hundreds mm -hmm. of users on how to, how to use this, this these uh, pulling in this data and using the devices. Um, so that, that really was daunting. But, you know, once you run through the the actual integration, get it all set up, um, and then running through, you know, and seeing the actual benefits and looking at the data and saying, um, you know, it's actually way more accurate now. We, you know, They could pick and choose what vital signs they could pull in from a physio monitor, um, you know, things like that. It, they're getting more, it, it's benefits, they're getting more data than they kind of know what to do with in some instances. Um, so it's like they went from, you know, doing this manual step to actually getting complete accurate data just falling right into their laps essentially um so i i think that was that was big it, you know it, it was just such a daunting task but now mm -hmm. seeing it buy in and people using it and seeing how accurate everything is and, and it's it's just it's it, that that is great um and it's just and not only to that it, it ties into efficiency right so yeah. It's making providing more and the clinicians being more efficient. They're they're providing more efficient care, which you know, in turn, you know, spends more time with the patient, which in turn increase patient safety and and improve the care of the patient as well. Um, so it's really the adoption of that, and I think that was fantastic. There were some bumps in the road in the beginning with such Baxter, but it was just mostly just technical side. It wasn't nothing mm -hmm. with the. It was more of a networking side. So you know that was kind of getting hashed out. So really, you know, when we're looking at integration as well, there's two sides to the coin. So anytime we have issues, is this truly, you know, a clinician workflow issue or is this really something that we have to do with networking or some kind of other technical side of it as well? Um, so, most times it's side because that's, you know, sometimes yeah. <laughs> it goes. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds like there's lots of variables that you're, we're always having to sort of manage and juggle whether it was, to your point, was it a technology or was it a clinician challenge? And I imagine the solutions would be very different depending on which problem you were trying to solve for. And um, obviously keeping the patient at the forefront of any uh, plans was probably paramount. And being able to make sure that every decision made would positively impact patient outcomes and patient care, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Um, I think, you know, especially 
touch upon integration again, you got to kind of keep it fluid. You can set preset these workflows, but sometimes, you know, from the tactical side, it might change adjust that a little bit. So you might have to adjust the workflow a little bit. Uh, and so, you know, you could set out, so that that's a key as well to keep that in mind. Um, just because sometimes it doesn't, you know, maybe a connection doesn't work as quick as you thought it was going to be. So there might be a little bit delay. So you might have to open up a certain module, maybe a couple, give it a minute or so. Right. Um, like that. So that's things you got to take in play too. So it's really a lot of observing and watching and, and that technical piece, technical piece may actually, you know, have some direct effect on the a workflow, but generally what we saw it very minimal, if, if any at all, but it's just good to keep that in mind too. Amazing. And overall, have you had any feedback from the different organizations about a general sense of how things are going or what the benefits that they're seeing? Um, anything that organizationally they have sort of been like, oh, we must do this next or we must consider this as well because thing, this has gone probably, I would think, better than most would have probably anticipated given the scope and the breadth of this project? Yep. Uh, going live with with three different sites um, that staggered go lives um you know uh it's yeah it's huge um for the it, we see you know especially not only in i always use the example as i see you just because of my background but in medical medicine units any any unit using you know especially infusion management our vitals link solution anything like that um they, they are you know, ecstatic about it, especially the, the, the infusion management piece or the Baxter, yes. you know, pumping just because, you know, you, everything is there right there at your fingertips. Everything you do on the pump is translated into your, into your, uh, your, your chart, uh, for your review. Um, so it, it's this, that accurate piece where you could just, you know, look, not look at it for two hours. You could be providing patient care, but you could go back to your patient chart and everything's there and, and yes. accurately. Um, so that, I think, you know, that's where we, uh, we see a lot of benefits, especially the critical care units and, 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 and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, that's positive in that positive light, it really does look at, you know, uh, allow us and to look at further integration and say, you know, we have had well acceptance of this, so let's move it to a different site. Um, I know, like I said, we have one site still go live with infusion management once they, uh, upgrade their pumps. Um, but. You know, it's it's it is that once you see other sites see that positive, you know, positivity, mm -hmm. how easy to use and how accurate it is, and it, it does provide. You know, we could actually spend time with our patients. You know, then then that provides that can only be any a better opportunity for us to grow uh, the devices we connect and, and and things like that. Definitely. Um, what would be your top recommendations for healthcare organizations that are considering either an investment in clinical informatics? or more specifically, uh, making that investment into integrating medical devices? So for clinical informatics, uh, the best thing to do is really hire a wide range of specialties. I mean, you're gonna need nurse informaticists, uh, pharmacy informaticists, you know, physician informaticists. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's best to have a wide variety of disciplines. Um, in addition to that, invest really into training in your, in your PI work group, rather that be build, uh, how the system go uh, works um, and things like that. Uh, just really having you know making sure that they understand the mechanics of the system. So when we go look at workflows or under you know have to go explain to a clinician why it works a certain way, we we have that information to back back it up, uh, and you know tell them maybe why this won't work, but this is another possible solution. 
Um, another thing would be really to invest into any kind of lean or Six Sigma training, really that process improvement initiative, um, because CIs, as a CI, we should be looking and we do look at data every day and that drives our changes we make. Um, whether that be uh, data on infusion management use, saying, you know, maybe we have to go look at this unit and wonder why, you know, this poor compliant or, you know, they're not really using it. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we improve that? Maybe we just have to adjust it. Maybe they don't know the workflow. We have to go do some training. Right. Um, things like that. So you really invest into, you know, that data analysis piece for CIs. Um, and from an integration standpoint, um, there's two sides of every coin. It, this is... It is a clinical clinician and user-led project. So what we found was great was that the project, you know, we we have project management, but the, really the project was a clinical project. So it was a CI on, led the project. Uh, but in addition to that, we had technical leads, technical lead as well. Uh, and you've got to work in tandem because sometimes, you know, if as a clinician, if I'm going to integrate a pump or I'm going to hear something else and I don't really, you know, should thinking it should work this way, well, we have the technical expertise to go say, no, it can't because it's going to go. Um, so it, it, there's two sides of that coin. It's you need strong technical and, and CI leadership to get any, I feel, any uh, device integration uh, project done. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it is, it is you know, a clinician clinical project that that is going to be used by clinicians so uh, it, the ci is integral for any any uh, device integration uh project that anybody takes on right and i would think based on one of the comments that you that you made a, a little bit ago uh the fact that one site is still not um does not have their infusion pumps integrated and that's because they don't have equipment that will integrate i think that's also a great call out that um, probably as organizations are investing in making these large capital purchases, they really need to sort of have an idea of, of what their end goal is and where they want to be and to ensure that the, the life cycle of whatever capital equipment they're purchasing is aligned with sort of their strategic plan. Definitely. It all comes back. To, to the hospital strategy, you know, if you want to have complete integration and interoperability amongst your, your devices and systems, then you're going to have to look at devices that, you know, kind of act like that internet of things where they could send data, they could, you know, like connect to other, your EHR and things like that, whether, whatever your EHR may be. Um, so that, that is key and crucial in, in any kind of capital plan. Uh, budget planning is, is really looking at devices that will make sure maybe you have use cases of actually working uh, and can connect to the, the EHR system you're using. Thank you so much, Dustin. I've learned a lot from you today. I want to let our audience know that if you're interested in contacting Dustin directly, if you have any questions about clinical informatics or medical device integration, he is your expert and his contact information will be in the show notes below. Thanks, Dustin. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To listen to more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe to ensure you always receive notification. Please reach out to us by email if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. We look forward to having you back with us next time. Thank you for joining us for the episode of I Connect with Baxter. All of the opinions and experiences expressed in this episode are those of the guest speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Baxter Canada. If there are other areas of interest you would like to see included on future podcasts, please email those to iconnect.baxter.com.